Hi, I'm Ariana Lamarski, the host of What's Your Deal, the podcast where we read tarot for special guests. I'm very excited this week to have Karen Kilgariff come on the show. Hi, Karen. Hi. How was your spread? Oh my God, I I feel like I know exactly what to do now. <laughs> it's so exciting. So glad I could open up Karen's mind like this. <laughs> Go ahead and take a listen wherever you listen to podcasts. You're traveling through another dimension. Next stop, Twilight Zone, the movie. I'm Rebecca Lieb. I'm Jason Horton. And this is Ghost Town. Four years later, the trial is just beginning. At issue, who's responsible for three deaths on the Twilight Zone movie set? Lawyers for the film's director blame an explosives expert, but Sandy Kenyon reports prosecutors disagree. The trial got underway with two different accounts of how the tragedy occurred. The defense claimed a bizarre accident led to three deaths. The prosecution laid the blame on the filmmakers, accusing them of staging a dangerous stunt. Twilight Zone is a institution. Absolutely. I One of the first memories I have of TV is watching The Twilight Zone with my mom. Because there's there's you know, diff, uh, different iterations over time. Yeah. Um, marathons. There's a new Twilight Zone yeah. with Jordan Peele. You, you could say Black Mirror is a, kind of a Twilight variation. Zone. A Twilight Zone. Yeah. And then, did you know Roald Dahl had a, his own Twilight Zone? Oh, that'd episode? be. It's yeah. very creepy. And you can even argue that a lot of uh, movies and television shows somewhat. Bar- like, oh, that's like a Twilight Zone episode. Mm-hmm. Pretty iconic. Yeah, it's in the lexicon. Everyone knows about it. Again, my mom is a huge fan. Maybe I'll make her listen to this. And it, it always will be. Yeah. But there is somewhat of a black mark on the Twilight Zone legacy. Mm-hmm. And where else would that take place but in the 1980s? Oh, hell yeah. Which people might say, you know, the Twilight Zone in the 1980s, the TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially what we're going to be talking about, Twilight Zone, the movie is probably the only thing you think of when you think about Twilight Zone, the movie, is the death of Vic Morrow and two very young children. Yeah, wow. In a very horrific helicopter... Horrible. ...accident. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to be occupying the space of Indian Dunes Mm -hmm. in Santa Clarita. Yeah. So right here... Um, right here in the, in, well, not right here, but in the valley. Yeah. And Santa so Clarita is also known scratch. for a lot of West, Western, uh, a lot of yeah, Westerns were filmed Santa there. Santa Clarita Diet. It's very interesting. Yeah, Santa Clarita Diet. <laughs> I want, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep it retro with the old school Westerns, but you're just like, I'll, I'll, that I'll Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, uh, Timothy Oliphant. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, Twilight Zone, again, it's, the TV show went on for, God, 22 seasons. It was like Doctor Who. And then they made all these movie spinoffs. And I, I love when stuff like this happens. It's like Poltergeist, too, where it's like you're flying too close to the sun with shows successes, and then something happens, and if you're like, and especially in this case, it's like, yeah, this makes sense that this horrible thing would happen. People are being horribly negligent. I'm going to tell you the origin for this one for I me. I can't wait. Now, this one is going to be a little bit, I mean, I don't know, it depends on who you ask, a little controversial mm-hmm. of how I'm bringing this up. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm familiar with, Everyone is familiar with Twilight Zone, 
the movie and this particular part. It's a, it's a anthology, so there's four parts, four yeah. different directors. Uh, John Landis was directing this one, mm-hmm. and so you remember. I'm just want to give people a give kind them of, a, a, like a, a round, macro view. A, a macro view. Mm-hmm. Max Landis, yeah, the son of John Landis, has yes. gotten a lot of attention and press. Yes, he and has. Not in a good being way. A great guy. Gave no. a lot of money to charity. Mm-mm, no, opposite. Oh. And it's not for. I mean, he made. Uh, he wrote. And I don't know if he directed the movie Chronicle, which was good. Oh, yeah. I like that I didn't movie. See it. You didn't see it. Everything else that he's done uh, has not been like that great. Like yeah. he hasn't had a lot of success, and he's you know there's a bit of he's in a in a like a you know a dynasty of you know, I don't know how many other people, but when you're John Landis's son, yeah, doesn't hurt. You doesn't get to make a movie. Doesn't mean that he doesn't have talent, but he's kind of known at least by the people that I like and respect and believe a not good person. No, horrible. And you probably it's horrible. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. and, and people listen people and in Los Angeles are off even more too because it's like you you reek of entitlement you're fucking John Landis's son and you you get to be humbled by that because that helps you out immensely but instead of being humbled you act no, like an entitled harassing manipulative horrific person from there I was you know doing you know you're doing some research and you're mm-hmm. like oh, you know I want to find a little bit more about this and Someone on who's on Reddit and is like, don't forget John Landis, uh, because of John Landis, two children were murdered, mm-hmm. and that's a very strong thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you went the, down the Max Landis rabbit hole, but someone was like, stop. John's a piece of shit too. I mean, let's argue here, which is worse. I, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, it's yeah. it's not for me to say no, but. That's how I got here. That's how you got here, and it, it got me here to want to talk about this. Uh, because it's Twilight Zone is so iconic. Absolutely, the Twilight Zone, the movie is probably as far as things that came out was probably at the bottom. You know, it was yeah, didn't really even really do that well. No, um, and they John- never do. They they. I mean, let's yeah. be real. They never do with a show as giant as Twilight Zone. The movie is like another like cash shill for yeah. people to be like. Maybe there's another way we can profit off of this. And the, you know, in the eighties. In the early 80s, I mean, you know, they had some really great, you know, Steven Spielberg, mm-hmm. you know, John Landis, and do making great stuff. They're making like, great, why, yeah. why why can't this work? And maybe because it is too big budget. Maybe it is because it's on the big screen. We're just mm-hmm. seeing it on a small screen. Yeah, a very small screen. Out. And and it never really, and it's really only known mostly for that thing. Yeah. Uh, Vic Morrow, who is the father of Jennifer Jason Lee. Yes. Yes, right? I'm right I, on that? I yeah, believe okay. so, yeah. Yes. And he was killed and uh, two young children were killed and it was the uh, the laws of children endangerment mm-hmm. were not, you know, they weren't, they didn't adhere to the things they needed to adhere to to keep mm-hmm. children safe. Yeah. You know. I mean, can you imagine in this day and age killing a grown man and two kids, and the movie like still came out and was released, and trying to bury that information now in 2019, that would be insane. I was, you know, I wanted some, I wanted more context, and I wanted to kind of get a little bit. So I, I was looking, I just was wanted to look up the scenes mm-hmm. from the movie, but really, what they really kind of thrust upon you, at least when you're doing searches, is the actual footage of the, oh. and it's grainy and whatever. Oh and here's God. the thing. So I start watching it. I'm like, oh, I'm not, I don't no, watch these things. I don't Jason. watch anything. And I literally stopped before I, like I got 10 seconds in. I was uh, like, I'm not watching this. Yeah. So, you know, he's running, he's got the children under each mm-hmm. arm 
And I was like, I'm not participating in, and it's, I'm not saying if you do that, I passing judgment. It's just, it's, there's, I'm not going to get anything out of it, but I was like, you know what? I want to, I want to kind of come at this with some kind of genuine feeling. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to get that from this. No. Well, I also think it's a good thing to mention too, if people are listening to this and they want to revisit it to know that you will come across the actual footage and what you do with that totally up to you. No judgment. Uh, so there was a helicopter bombing in the in in the village in Vietnam, which mm-hmm. was interesting. That like you know, Mash uh, was in the um, like the Malibu Hill. They filmed Mash like in some kind hmm. of Malibu oh. hills or something like that. I think there are some still. I've been wanting to go see it. Just going from where we are and going to Malibu is mm-hmm. a nightmare. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's like an hour. It's like a different country. Yeah, Could but there is Neptune's still net, though. There, uh, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> There's uh, still some, I believe, some still some structures from the show oh. still there as like part cool. of the thing. Let's go. But uh, Santa Clarita isn't. I feel I don't know for some reason going to the valley for me is easier than going uh, west. Yeah. So you, the Indian Dunes uh, and plenty of other movies. I think maybe the Color Purple and some mm-hmm. other movies to replicate. This was to replicate Vietnam, which mm-hmm. is great. You know. Yeah. Better, you know, better than having to go to, to Vietnam, like, if, you know, or going to Cambodia to film it or something like sure. that. Like, so you're having, like, an Apocalypse Now mm-hmm. scenario where it's just, like, yeah, dangerous like and weather and, and... Visas and, and work shit yeah. and, like, the logistics of that just seems very complicated. Well, you th- I, I feel like people might have had a better shot there than here because things just went really awry, like, really bad. Like, even yeah. in Apocalypse Now, like, no one was beheaded. No. You know what I mean? And yeah. for as as tough as that uh, that shoot was there was a guy named Dorsey Wingo who's a real Vietnam vet uh, veteran he was there kind of at the controls for this blowing it up for some kind of authenticity but no one with experience working in the film or stunt work were there so they had rehearsals the explosives had kind of like uh kind of terrified the dude but he never told anyone he's like guys I don't yeah I, I, I'm, I'm having PTSD or, or I, I'm not qualified to do this. Yeah. You know, he just whatever. kept silent. But you're like, oh, we got a real Vietnam vet. He was there. That doesn't mean you're a technician of stunts and explosions, no. you know. Um, no. It's it's like, oh, you had a surgery once? <laughs> Operate on me. Yeah. it's It did not it did not uh, go well. The differences between real life and uh, like a construct, constructed, constructed situation uh, was kind of lost, and he, you know, Landis was kind of known as being, you know, super controlling, mm-hmm. yelling, screaming, demand, like very, very yeah, demanding. Like, I gotta also, get the shot. I'm John Landis. I, I need the shot. That. Like that auteur bullshit. Yeah. Thankfully, I feel like that's not as prevalent anymore. No. Like you actually have to be like a nice person to get jobs. Uh, who did I heard Huck- Huckabee's? Uh, who's the director of that? That oh um, shoot, I forget. I forget his name. His name escapes me right now. Yeah, somebody's probably saying it right now. On the podcast. I know. They're like, ah. Yeah. We hope. We hope like, someone is invested enough. Quentin Tarantino. I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah, that's right. John Landis was like, listen, I need the shot. Mm-hmm. There's there's money. The, everything's good, okay? Like, yeah. let's just do this. I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear anything. You know, so, the, you know, they did it up in this Indian Dunes. Great. Uh, so they started shooting July 23rd, 1982. Morrow, mm-hmm. uh, you have to pick up the children, one on each arm, got to wait across the river. Yeah. And he's pursued by the American soldiers. And this is yeah. kind of an anthology that kind of like connects to him. And he's now in this world. You mean you have to have to watch it, how it all kind of connects. Yeah. But he's ends up helping these Vietnamese children. Yeah. Um, and then so he's being running from the American soldiers uh, that were um, it was being flown by the Vietnam vet. Mm-hmm. And the helicopter was stationed 25 feet from the ground, hovering near a mortar effect. There's explosions that were going off. Mm-hmm. But. It was just 
too much was happening. It was too just much, too yeah. much. Uh, you know, the uh, the guy, the Vietnam vet Wingo was just like, this is not safe. Yeah. Don't, don't so he, do this. He said that finally. He was yes, like, yes. hey, yo. Yeah, well, he would kind of like testify it later, but, um, you know, he's like, we got to get out. But Landis over the radio shouted, quote, get lower, lower, get over. So he wanted this helicopter, you know, directly, yeah. directly over them. He lost control of the helicopter because uh-huh. one of the rotors failed. And at the low height, it crashed into the water. Uh, Morrow had dropped Chen, which was one of the children at that moment, uh, was reaching out to grab her. The helicopter fell on top of them. Ugh. Morrow and Lee, the other child, were decapitated by the rollerblades, and Chen was crushed to death. Oh, my God. Nobody reacted until Chen's mother was there. Oh, my God. Can you imagine being a mom on set and and running over to this state of things and just encountering your your crushed child? This is even creepier. According to Morrow's friend, um, he says the last words of the actor before they did the scene was, I've got to be crazy to do this shot. I should have asked for a double. And his lines in the scene, which he didn't get to say because yeah, he, he was died. decapitated. He's like, I'll keep you safe, kids. I promise. Nothing will hurt you. I oh. swear to God. Oh, my God. That is horrifying. Horrible. This is hard. I mean, I honestly was in deep with this one. Yeah, like it I was, can imagine. I was, I was in uh, deep. So uh, John Landis, you know, he listen. He was known Blues, blues Brothers, Trading Places, but this Animal is his, House. Like the blood is on John Landis's hands. Not according this. to John Landis. Oh, 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 interesting. Yeah, that that's very the guy who birthed Max Landis. <laughs> Not he says, birthed him. He's but. like, if if I was so bad, how come I birthed my my Maxie? <laughs> My little Maxie. Maxie. My Maxie. My saint. He's a saint. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so many things. Like, this person doesn't feel good about this. This person doesn't feel good about this. John Lannis being like, no, go do it. And, you know, it's, it's I figure it's in 1983, and I was like, how, what is safety then? Like, how much has, has, has film progressed? I mean, listen, accidents mm-hmm. happen on sets, and yeah. it will. This one seemed to be very egregious, and normally... And I mean, fucking gruesome. Like, this gruesome. is not someone gets, like, hit or whatever. This is not, like, the chaos of set. This is carefully orchestrated murder. You have a thing where you wouldn't have children. Like, if this was a movie, you, there would be doubles or they would mm-hmm. cheat the thing out. Or yeah, the, have, like, the safety dolls. or be CGI yeah. or whatever the case would be. And this is what happened. I'm sure, listen, I'm sure the, the parents of the kids like, this is amazing. You're in a, you know, You're film. In a movie, how exciting. This is, this is very, big, high and I'm not putting any, any ownership on parents or whatever, but there is probably a little bit of my kids working to be a star for whatever reason. So there's just like a put, there's a little push in a lot of, of directions. Yeah, but I, that's not enough to like, I don't think that that contributed. It, you know, oh, how about this? Okay. If you were a mother of a child today, uh-huh. 2019, and there was a helicopter mm-hmm. look, getting lowered over your kid, and it's but it looks like it does in 1983, where you have a Vietnam vet kind of controlling the thing, yeah. would you be like, I feel good about it? You might be a little trepidatious. Well, you'd be like, I'm not. I haven't. You're like, I don't know. I think you you put your trust in the hands of the director, true, in the yeah. people in control, and you assume safety because right. you're on a fucking movie set and. Everyone's signing off everything, and you know, there's lawyers around. There's like all like the idea of being on a set like this, especially even in 1983, there must have been people everywhere people of authority, studio executives. This is a high profile film that is a part of a high profile TV in the valley, and we're in California, yeah. we're not like in a remote not, area. Like, of, any- like, of course, it's gonna be fine. Yeah, I think you'd be like, Of course, it's gonna be okay. 
And you'd be like, put me in the film. Here's my headshot. Exactly. And he's like, we don't need you. Are like, you Vietnamese looking yeah. at all? No. I, you're like, I can be. And you're like, yeah. no, we can't. Like, no, we have to We have to overextend our authority and murder some people. And he's day, like, so excuse me. Can you babysit my son, Max, though? That's what he'd say. <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, Max is, uh, actually, could you loan Max like $7,000? <laughs> yeah. That's what we could have you do. Yeah. This is uh, my side, my flash sideways. Uh, so uh, uh, John Landis and uh, four other men working on the film, special effects guy, helicopter mm-hmm. pilot, um, were charged with involuntary manslaughter, right? Okay, and that yeah. is pretty legit. Wait, um, did you say John Landis in there? I did, yeah. Okay, Including good. John Landis. Okay. They put his name first. Oh, finally. And I, I'm also going to go, I feel like, I don't know why I feel like I need to go on record, because I don't think John Landis is happy about this or want to this. There, I don't think there's any like thing where John Landis is like, so what, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that. Yeah. Just to say that I don't think that he's, there's no benefit for him for this to happen, even if he's the worst person on earth. It's terrible, actually. It's, it's it, awful. It ruins his, th- even if he's the most heartless person on earth, it ruins the thing. Yeah, but also it is kind of up to him. And it the absolutely. Manager. But every set I've ever been on, there's always been safety, like security, like people around who are specifically assessing the situation for in precautions, safety and consistencies. Again, this is 1983, so that's probably not as existent. But I think it was in a lot of cases, especially with small kids and labor laws with children. Like, that's kind of his responsibility, the producer's responsibility to make sure that exists. Especially when the scene is two-thirds children, essentially. Yeah. Uh, and then, so we're, according to... In 1987, New York Times, uh, it was the first time a film director faced criminal charges for the events while making a movie. Uh-huh. During the trial, the defense said the crash was an accident, couldn't have been predicted, and the prosecution claimed that Landis and his crew had been reckless and violated laws yes. regarding child actors, regulations about their working conditions and hours. Probably true. Yeah, absolutely. He's like, you get to work with John Landis. And they're like, and, but we'll never sleep. Uh, the emotional, there was a 10 month trial. They acquitted yeah. all five defendants. Oh my God. Wait. Families of the three victims filed lawsuits against Landis, Warner Brothers, and Twilight Zone co director and producer Steven Spielberg. Mm, and even they, the Spielberg is in this. They settled for undisclosed amounts. Want to take a little break? Yes. We have a pretty cool sponsor BetterHelp. Yeah. BetterHelp is great. If there's something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. Connect with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. It is so convenient. You can get help on your own time, at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat or text with your therapist. They're licensed professional counselors who specialize in depression, anger, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, which is huge huge for me, Mm -hmm. trauma, and anything you share is confidential. If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time. No additional charge. 3,000 licensed therapists across 50 states available worldwide with four communication modes, text, chat, phone, video. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's available on desktop, mobile web, Android, iOS apps, Schedule video and phone sessions, generally weekly. But if you want more, hey, it's there for you. Broad expertise in the network, which may not be locally available in many areas. Uh, financial aid is available for those who qualify. It's secure, convenient, professional, affordable. I like that. We like that. Yeah. It's not a crisis line, but it is a truly affordable option. Ghost Town listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code Ghost Town. Why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash ghost town. Simply fill out the questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you will love. That's betterhelp.com slash ghost town. 
What's up, guys? Nolan here from Donut Media to tell you about our new podcast, Past Gas. Check out our four-part series on Ford versus Ferrari at Le Mans, one of the greatest rivalries ever in sports. There's love, loss, betrayal, and a whole lot of racing. It's a great story, one that we want you to hear. So check out Past Gas wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. Hi, I'm Jamie, host of Murderish, a true crime podcast that provides a 3D look at gripping murder cases from beginning to end. You'll get to know the victims and perpetrators, how their worlds collided, and what went down during trial. I also share some of my own personal experiences, like the time a stranger came into my bedroom at night. Yeah, that really happened. And I walk you through all the details of that terrifying night. Have you ever wanted to be a fly on the wall during a murder trial? You'll get that opportunity on Murderish, as I share my experience being a jury foreman on a first-degree murder trial. Search Murderish in your favorite podcatcher app, hit subscribe, and start binging. And remember, listening to this podcast doesn't make you a murderer. It just means you're murder-ish. Hey, Christy, what do we talk about on our podcast? Well, Ashley, we talk about all kinds of weird stuff. Like aliens. And ghosts. And cults. And cryptids. And witches. And murders. Yeah, even sometimes murders. Basically, we talk about all kinds of weird shit. Oh, I already said that. Oh. So yeah, if you like weird topics, feminist rants, and the occasional F-bomb, you should listen to us. We post new episodes every other Weird Wednesday. Find us online at thatsweird.org. Listen to That's Weird on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts, and follow us on social media at That's Weirdcast. Okay. And we're back. We are back. Patreon.com slash Ghost Town Pod. <laughs> Bonus episodes... We got him. We have one about a ghost train. Oh, shit. Ooh, it's nice. Oh, my God. Two bonus episodes a month. It helps us with our editing and other costs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah. Mm. Well, message us on Instagram at yeah. Ghost Town Pod. Please. And we had a woman recently message us and talk about her ghostly experiences. She sent us photos of uh, this orb that was on her shirt during this one visitation. We would love any of that. We eat that up. So please, any photographic evidence of anything, you with a weird spot on your face, you with a dark shadow, you with a chill, I don't care. I want you to send me pics. (laughs) Interesting pitch. Yeah. Also, we have a a YouTube channel, which we sometimes we'll just put episodes on and then sometimes just for some random videos. So just look up Ghost Town Podcast on YouTube. Uh, subscribe it helps yeah thumbs up some of the things yeah my vlog yeah. alive and well yeah so um, it'll help us out with that exactly and very exciting so Jason and I have been working on the show for a long time uh, it's called Brain Games Jason has been featured on heavily I can attest to that yeah well and I was I, uh, like at D23 the Disney thing uh, yeah you saw my butt right I did I saw your back whole back yeah back and butt yeah and calves yeah Ooh. and heels Ooh. all of it yeah. all of it i saw nice uh so we were at d23 uh i am a producer on the show called brain games which we talked about a little bit because i believe i've been um sleep deprived since january working on it but it's a really good show it's really fun again jason's on it um so much fun it was there's trailers out too there's trailers it's I tweeted on my Twitter, which is Jason underscore Horton, if you mm-hmm. want to check it out real quick. The trailer is pretty exciting, I have to say. But it the show is out on December 1st on Nat Geo, and then it will also be on Disney+. Plus. So please, if you want to keep us going, watching the show is a way to help us to do that, too. Mm-hmm. Although, also subscribe to Patreon, please. Yeah, you might see me in some episodes being probably pretty awkward. 
Yeah. That's pretty much it, right? It's pretty on brand. So it's it's not out of Jason's wheelhouse. He didn't have to, he's not doing Shakespeare here. You're going to see the Jason you know and love. With maybe some celebrities? Maybe some celebs even. Yeah, two celebs. Yeah, and then maybe they think that we aren't. Jason interacting with two celebrities? Yeah. And who? Which ones are that you're going to find out? You're find out. Come, I can't tell you yet because we're not out December, yet. Yeah, come December, yeah, come December. Yeah, I don't want don't that. that. You no. don't want that. Just watch. So you want to like surprises? No, we don't. Not really. Oh, oh. well, okay. All right. Jesus, do you want to get back into it? Let's get back into it. John Landis. I want to stick it to him some more, if that's yeah. okay. So his relationship with Steven Spielberg was really soured after that. No shit. Uh, and he really like his. You know what I want to do? What? Will you allow me to do something? This is something that I want to do. Please. I want to go down the John Landis uh, discography. Please. <laughs> Filmography. Great. Uh, he's got some albums. He's got Movie some uh, yeah. And I want to see, I want you to see where things this, went wrong. Yeah, I want to see. impacted him. Yeah, because yeah. this is the one thing that I did. And Also, how much do you think they settled for in court? Out of court in an undisclosed amount. Oh. Millions, right? I mean, probably 80, John Landis 83? signed pictures up the wazoo. I yeah, just a lot of glossy headshots. Glossies? Yeah. Um, a producer credit on the movie. Oh, so here, let me let me just, uh, let's go into, I'm not, not going to do the whole thing. Okay. Okay. Actually, in 1977, the Kentucky Fried movie, you ever seen the Kentucky oh, Fried movie? I actually love that movie. Yeah, it's, it's really it, misogynistic. It could never, ever come it's out really, now. But I remember watching it in... High school? Yeah. And thinking it was hilarious. He, it is a very, very good, I, I believe, very, I don't, see, like, I don't know what you call it. It's a very ahead of its time in the sense of satire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a sketch comedy. It's kind of a, yeah, it's a fun sketch comedy, a little bit gross out, a little bit like character based. Racist. Kind of, yeah. Oh, definitely. God, I, have, I should watch that again. Or should I? I don't know. Uh, so we have that, Blues Brothers. Okay, heard of which, that. Which is very popular. I'm not a huge fan of that movie, but I know a lot of people are. Yeah. People are like, you don't like Blues uh, Brothers? I just of, don't like comedy. A lot of white men, a lot of yeah. aging white men who are lacking relevance love Blues Brothers. Ouch. You can quote me on that. <laughs> we just did. American <laughs> Werewolf, Werewolf in London. Hell kind of a yeah. classic, yeah. Oh my God, Warren Zevon too. Ooh, that soundtrack is sick. I mean, Trading Places. Oh. That's a good, that's I mean. That's a pretty solid. It's hard to, so directed those. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1983's Twilight Zone, the movie. Yep, we talked about that. Director, producer, writer. Okay, so across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, Muppets Take Manhattan, only an actor in it. So I'm not even counting that. Wow. Okay, Spies Like Us, which I did like, he was a director. I don't think I've seen that. I saw it in the theater. Three Amigos, <laughs> uh, director. Okay. Amazon Women on the Moon, which is another Kentucky really? Fried movie. It's an, it's an 80s oh, Kentucky Fried movie. Oh, interesting. I mean, Three movie. Amigos is huge, yeah. too. Um, okay, Coming to America. Yeah, big. Big, right. Uh how about a little movie, oh, Oscar with uh, Sylvester Stallone? Oh, I don't see that. Not good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, how about Innocent Blood in 1992? Nope. Mm. Beverly Hills Cop 3. Okay. The least okay. Okay. <laughs> enjoyed one. But at least I'm like, I, that's on my radar. Uh, the Stupids? Nope. Uh, Blues Brothers 2000. Oh, and these are just ones that he's directed. Susan's Plan? Stop. Apparently a lot of actor roles. Mm-hmm. Burke and Hare in 2010. Nobody cares. And executive producer on I Hate Kids, except my own. <laughs> oh my God, that's actually like disturbingly bad. So do you see there is a, like a bit of a like a, and then a big decline. Yeah, I would say Three Amigos and even like Blues Brothers 
two, three thousand or two thousand or whatever. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of Andre three thousand. Um, <laughs> different, different. But uh, he gets these little like little, you know, bumps and then downhill. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, no a little cameo play, can save you. A little, a little play in the TV realm. In the '90s, uh, mm-hmm. Dream On, which was I remember that. I don't remember. Uh, that. Weird Science, the TV show, The Stand. No, he was mm-hmm. an actor in that one. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the TV show. Yeah, I thought he also directed that the movie Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Did he not? Mm-mm. Okay. Mm-mm. And uh, he dir- directed some episodes of Psych. It's one of those shows. Psych is like Suits or yeah. Burn Notice. I was like, it's you don't like, know what it's about. Totally, nobody cares. It still is on because there's some, some weird, dedicated group of people who are like psych heads. Uh, and the last thing he directed in 2012 for TV was Franklin and Bash. Wow, I knew a writer on that show. Hold your applause. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't. Know, he might. His trajectory might be better than John Landis's. So, mm, do you see kind yeah, of what? You see. You see what And I wonder happened. how much of that had played into it. I'm it's like, sure of it. John, you murdered, involuntarily manslaughtered children. Yeah. Sometimes it haunts me when I don't return a pen to the bank teller at the bank. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure this haunts him probably all the time. Or, or is he so insulated that he's... And I'm not saying he doesn't feel bad. Like, no, he doesn't his, feel son, bad. his son probably takes a lot of his stress yeah. off of the plate yeah. of killing three people. He's like, he's like... Yeah, that's just pretty bad. He's like, yeah, but Daddy, at least I didn't kill three people. He's like, no, this is worse, man. Yeah, you got a lot of think sad. pieces on you. Oh, man, yeah. You're getting of, hit but it's, pretty. It's interesting that he never made a statement, though, on this. Like a public No, nope, never, never. Uh, it, it felt guilty that, you know, he was the one in the helm of what, like, of what happened overall, mm-hmm. but not, like, the the result of it. Yeah. Not his fault. Man. But, I mean, if you're the director, so producer. F- yeah. It's that guy's... It, it is nobody like I blame him fully for this. This is not the this is the culture of movie making, the culture of entertainment, the culture of being a director. I'm sure he was a fucking asshole. Like I blame everything. I blame the the blood of these people are on this guy's hands. Sorry. That's Do just, you now uh, would because sometimes you know listen directors in the you know that kill it in the '80s times change. They don't really keep up. Do you think mm-hmm. his career would have been any? different had he been like you know listen i'm owning up to this this is my i think so i mean i can't say for that time period um but i think had he broken that wall of like impenetrable auteur and been like i am deeply like apologizing to the fam publicly apologizing to the family of these people that's a really powerful thing you know i know like the money and all that shit but that doesn't really matter i think i think for a lot of people who have done something bad in entertainment the the thing that is scariest to them is losing their power and credibility. It's not yeah. money, you know. Yeah, no, so when easy. someone can kind of humble themselves and be like, "I take full ownership," you see that all the time. Like all of these people who've done awful mm. things, like to humble themselves and take ownership is the the worst thing that in their own privileged minds they can do. Yeah, and it doesn't. I'll get off my soapbox now. Perfect timing. <laughs> <laughs> 